Insights on Responsible Business is a podcast about organizations building trust, security, and resilience to thrive in a new era of uncertainty and stakeholder capitalism. Our host is Sir Rob Wainwright. With a career-long experience of navigating complex risk and security issues, he talks with business leaders and experts about their challenges and experiences in becoming more responsible businesses towards an outcome that is better for all stakeholders, better for long-term shareholder value, and better for society as a whole. Our guest is Petri Hofster, an experienced supervisory board member and business leader. She is currently the supervisory board member at Rabobank, Achmea, Fugro, and an international family business in mobility solutions, Porn Holdings. She is also the chair of the foundation board of Nine Road of Business University. As an authentic leader with experience in finance, risk management, supervision, governance, and audit in complex organizations, she has navigated large crisis and change management efforts and operates from the conviction of realizing sustainable change, solutions, and results. Trained as an accountant, she managed the finance function of ABN AMRO Group during the 2008 to 2010 credit crisis, which in that period involved the takeover by Dutch government and its separation from the Royal Bank of Scotland. She was also division director of banking supervision at DNB, which is the central bank of the Netherlands. And she was a partner for KPMG's financial services in the Netherlands and KPMG's knowledge center on international financial reporting standards. Over to Petri and Rob to discuss these fundamental aspects of sustaining a responsible business. Thank you, Rodney. Super. Welcome back, listeners. A warm welcome to you, Petri. Great that you can join us today to talk about sustainable change in the business sector. Well, you have certainly a lot of experience here. As we heard from Rodney, a member of many boards here in the Netherlands. And at a time, of course, this year in which companies everywhere have been struggling to adapt to the economic and societal impacts from the pandemic. I just wonder, Petri, what are you seeing in terms of these companies living through these shocks right now? Well, what I uh, see and what I'm very happy about is that uh, the response to the uh, the first outbreak of the pandemic was was extremely swift and and really absolutely to the point with uh, the priorities of being concerned about health and safety of people in the first instance than looking at the continuity of the business by going remote and digital more. And, uh, and then thirdly, clearly also looking at uh, how to support clients, how to ensure to continue working with clients as well as how to look into the supply chain and be, be able to continue there. Um, what I saw in that, that first period was, uh, was really responsive, good uh, crisis management um, and including also an acceleration on the digital front. Um, which was uh, uh, interesting to note as well, um, where there were hesitations coming from clients, from employees, of course, living through a pandemic period, uh, as we have seen um, with lockdowns and remote working, it becomes accepted, uh, or even it's necessary to, uh, to in that sense, uh, survive and continue uh, your business. With now the, the second waves basically happening, um, 
things are, of course, a bit different now. Uh, I, I feel generally that um, crisis management has become business as usual. And, it, and it, in a way, it should. Uh, uh, as of course, we're living through uh, an era where change is continuous um, and also change coming from um, situations that and uncertainties and risks and events that we previously even haven't thought about um, is, is, is something that has become clear with the pandemic that that is happening, that that is part of of doing business. Yes, it's interesting what you say, I, I think, I think Petri, because you're saying that this change, which is continuous, is also contributing to maybe a more permanent shift, that the change is moving us now into a different, more permanent environment, where you're saying the sort of conditions and the effects of the pandemic are starting to shape a different way of thinking about how to deal with this, is that right? I think so. What we see with this second wave is, is that um, as said, crisis management is becoming business as usual, and we're, I think, as a result of what is happening now, also starting to become more aware again of the fact that there are events and uh, situations that uh, create uncertainty, uh, but that come also out of out of areas that we might not have understood previously, that we might not have seen coming. Um, so what I expect this will do more is thinking um, around um, scenario analysis, thinking around stress testing and increase that, the level of sophistication of that in, in, in businesses throughout uh, the economy. You, you mentioned at the start, Petri, about how you were encouraged by how companies, you know, responded to the first wave in a very responsible way, also thinking about protection of their own staff, consumers, wider society. Um, so is there some learning there as well from, from the pandemic that there will be a different kind of future for businesses um, um, ahead, that, that we will have to uh, make more permanent our attitudes towards being responsible in society? I certainly hope so. And uh, from what I see in the boardrooms that I uh, serve, um, I see that discussion happening. Um, let me give an example, uh, looking at the two cooperatives, which both are part of the financial services industry. Um, what, uh, what is visible there is that the work that we did to reload what it means to be a cooperative, what it means to be continuously working with your stakeholders pays off in, in a period like this um, because um, the, the, the thinking around all of these stakeholders was already more alive and, and that continues. Um, so I indeed hope that the thinking will support also, uh, for example, now in the second wave, um, the well-being of people is going to become far more important. So the well-being of people in your company, the well-being, in my, my expectation, the well-being of, of customers and 
And that type of, of building resilience, not just from a uh, perspective of, the, of economics, financial resilience, but also thinking about resilience in, in terms of your, your people is becoming critical. Um, and, and why do I feel it's becoming critical, especially now in the, in, in this second wave? Because, um, other than the previous period where we, um, we're maybe hopefully looking at a potentially relatively short time uh, in, in which we have to go through remote working and lockdowns that now comes into in a different it comes in a different phase um, and uh, it's it's becoming very important in my expectation that in my feeling that we think of perspective uh, and how to create perspective for the people in our company, how to create perspective for our business. Um, so I think that with this second wave, it is maybe more difficult, but becomes more critical to start looking at the longer term and to start looking at how can you sustain your business? In what way can you support uh, your, your employees to go through this phase uh, and look at different ways in which they can be motivated, in which they be, can be creative where necessary, because it is necessary to create the business that will come out of this crisis. Yeah, I think also I've been speaking to you know other, other guests on this podcast series, hearing from other business leaders, a similar point, Petri, that also the idea that coming out of this pandemic crisis, that, that a purpose-driven future, a uh, better future for, for our business is so important. The sense that all companies are now looking, to he looking ahead at how they may recover um, from also the economic uh, financial shocks, of course, but how they may recover in a way that is bigger and better than before and taking these le lessons from the pandemic about how to be more responsible towards your staff, as you say, and consumers and society. So this phrase that some people have used, you know, to build back better. And I just, I just see there is how the responsibility of boards to help guide that, that pathway to, to that kind of more responsible future. And you have this experience, Petri, I know you mentioned, you know, board member of a cooperative, you're also board member of a family business and a listed company. So different board structures, ownership structures. And I just wondered, are some easier than others to maybe help to drive a more responsible agenda in the future? How do you see that? Um, well, of course, yeah, it, there's differences. It's, are some easier than others? It also depends, of course, which part of the economy the various businesses are. Uh, the family business in mobility, amongst others, uh, um, dealerships or of 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 cars uh, and and other um, automotive, and, and and clearly there um, the company is hit. Um, while and that's an interesting thing. Um, it has diversified into bicycles as well. And there, of course, we've seen a boost. What in that family business is interesting to note is, is that you work more directly as there is one shareholder, family shareholder. Um, you work more directly with the shareholder and the shareholder is more uh, integrated, more part of the business than in, a, than in another setting. And as a result, the discussions are 
also then supported by knowing the people, knowing customers, knowing um, so so the, so the, the discussions are more than only uh, talking about the dividends and talking about whether the business is is in itself going all right. Uh, uh, it, it is also uh, dire more directly about uh, about people by definition of the one shareholder and being more directly involved. So and very also you can, you can t I suppose you can take also a longer term perspective because in in the more classical yeah. uh, case of, of a listed company where you have this short termism uh, around reporting quarterly profits, for example, to the shareholders. I, I suppose in 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 these other structures you you can afford to take a longer term structure, which must be better, I, I guess, for for building a better future I, I, over over a longer period. I do, I do see indeed that the pressure from the short-term capital markets uh, is, is of course not, not present in, in the cooperatives and, and in the family business and that indeed helps discussions, uh, helps to take uh, uh, somewhat of time. Um, although you need to of course take measures as well, um, in order to make that longer term possible. So in many of the cooperative and, and also the family business, there are the discussions about um, it, it. We need to focus on the longer term, but it can never be an excuse for not taking the right measures now. However, the right measures in light of the interest of all of the stakeholders. And also the right measures. That's interesting. I mean, you, you have a lot of experience in the finance sector, especially Petri, and I found it interesting that you, you know, you worked in that sector also for a while at the Dutch uh, National Bank um, you know, during the credit crisis from a, over a decade ago, and and so taking that perspective and 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 learning the lessons perhaps from that period, what do, do you think there's a difference now, a different sentiment in the finance sector um, about how to deal with this crisis based on their learning of what happened last time ten years ago? Well, the last time, 10 years ago, of course, the financial sector was basically the problem. And, uh, um, and now, uh, very clearly, the financial sector do not want to be part of the problem, but want to be part of the solution. That also will depend ultimately uh, to what extent the financial sector will be hard hit. Will, of course, also depend on the length of the period of economic crisis and um, and, and, and how hard the, the economy will be hit because that will eventually have a result. However, what going into the crisis was very clear is that the push and the thinking around building solvent, resilient banks, for example, um, has very much helped the position going into the crisis. So banks in the Netherlands uh, including the bank that I serve on the board on, are, were far more, are far more solvent, have um, improved their risk management, have improved their governance, have uh, taken measures also in terms of culture that have all added to the resilience going into this crisis. Now, looking at the real economy, there, of course, we see a far more spread picture um, as the as as they hadn't gone haven't gone through all of the regulatory measures that the the financial uh, services industry has had to work through 
and which to an extent, to a great extent, have also supported the financial industry to get into this better position. It's an interesting point I think you make that, that these structural solutions that, that, that emerged um, after the crisis 10 years ago, you know, have contributed maybe over time to, of course, greater conditions of resilience, and we're seeing the benefits of that now, but also changing the culture perhaps within, within the finance sector. I just wonder, um, you know, how much of that is, is there a gap between the talk and the walk here? Is, I mean, is that culture really having an effect on the ground? I think in the context of sustainability and climate change, which I know is an area also that attracts a lot of interest from you, Petri. Yes. Um, are you seeing any demonstrable actions in the finance sector towards contributing now to meaningful impact on, on the problem of climate change? Yes, I do. In the, uh, absolutely. Um, so in, I see it in Ravelbank. I also, uh, but then from the outside, see it clearly from the inside in Ravelbank and in Armea, but also from the outside in other banks. So I do think that um, from what I see, it is looking at sustainability and wanting to be the the intermediary to want to be the means with the financial help, so giving the financial means to society to uh, move towards a more sustainable um, world is certainly uh, everywhere on the agenda and is there to stay. Um, despite the fact that we're in a crisis right now, the discussions continue on um, how are we going to continue to support uh, and, and work with clients, work with governments to to build this more sustainable world. Do you see it? I mean, I think, you know, just in terms of the agenda items, maybe of, of the boards that, that you are a member of, I mean, are you seeing the issue of sustainability becoming in a more of a dominant theme on, on what you're even discussing right now? Can you see that change even in the last two to three years? Um, it has become absolutely dominant um, on a dominant part of the agenda. Clearly, in the financial services industry, um, I just mentioned it has been very much driven by the prudential supervisor to get us into a more and better uh, uh, situation going into this crisis. However, there also continues to be an, a huge regulatory agenda that the financial services industry had to, has to adhere to, which also pressures the possibility for giving attention to strategic topics in, uh, in some instances. Um, however, having said that, I do see the sustainability agenda high on the list of strategic priorities in the financial services industry, but not just there. So also in the other companies that I work with, uh, sustainability has become a very strategic topic and no longer, as we maybe had five years ago or longer ago, uh, a nice to have or greenifying um, some of the marketing uh, language to the outside world. No, it is really starting to become and becoming uh, an integral strategic topic on the agenda and that is not going away and it's also not going away and I'm very happy about that because investors continue to raise the questions also. So it's also now coming 
from the investor, from the mainly institutional investor community in the first place, of course, because there, uh, there, there are the means and there are the discussions uh, to, to be able to, to, uh, to bring this clearly forward. But we see it everywhere. Well, that's great, actually. And I think, you know, as we end this podcast, Petri, we should live with that positive expectation. What you're seeing from your uh, extensive experience across many sectors that we are moving maybe to a more sustainable future. So thank you for, for sharing your insights today from, from the boardroom um, on, on how companies are adapting to COVID and, and planning for, for better days ahead. So the phrase build back better has become synonymous in the business sector this year with a desire for many leaders to take their organizations out of this pandemic crisis towards a new normal in the future. One that allows business and economic vitality to return to the market, yes, of course, but in a way that also recognizes the need for sustainable change around an agenda of responsible business. Fresh from the experience of the COVID crisis and seeing around them strengthening public and consumer attitudes to climate change and other challenges in society, the boards of major companies are designing a different strategic pathway for the future, as you've heard from Petri today. Finance leaders, for example, knowing the responsibility of their sector in triggering the last major global crisis over a decade ago, want to be part of the solution this time and they have the learning lessons from the past to guide them. So a different sentiment is settling on the business sector, not yet universal and certainly not without challenge in terms of converting that sentiment into sustainable action. But as we all live and learn from the effects of this pandemic and see the quickening urgency of our need to address an enduring climate crisis, we should be encouraged by those signs and the prospects of a better future. Responsible business, at the heart of a new normal. Thanks for listening to another episode of Insights on Responsible Business. Hope you enjoyed it and will tune in to our next episode. Review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, or whatever popular podcast app you're using. And find out more on Deloitte.nl.